When Marcia asked us all to write down a learning theory, I wrote down, do as, my, do as your supervisor tells you. Well, she did, <coughs> she did say it didn't, doesn't have to... She did say it didn't have to be a good theory, didn't she? Um, well, there is a link here, because um, my PhD supervisor, Ron Barnett, used to tell me, never use the word traditional when writing about higher education. Something which I've said to my own PhD students... Yet, despite his advice, uh, traditional is probably one of the most overused words about higher education. We talk about traditional students, traditional teaching methods, traditional universities, and indeed traditional academic careers. Most traditions, though, in high, higher education are in fact remarkably new, and academic practice, identity, and careers has been at the forefront of this sort of reinvention of tradition over the last 50 years of the society's existence. So what has changed since 1965? Well, firstly, and fairly obviously, 80% of the UK university sector, as we know it today, did not even exist. The number of university teachers, note the phrase university teachers, as they were then called, was correspondingly far fewer. Two in five of these university teachers held no masters, let alone PhD degrees. As Halcyon Trost's study in the mid-60s showed, British academics thought their main role was teaching rather than research. A mere 10% said they were heavily interested in research, while just 4% strongly agreed with the idea that uh, research was their first duty. It was simply one a function among others. So this sense of academic identity contrasts very sharply with how academics view their role today, regardless of whether they're working in a research or more teaching-focused institution. The International Changing Academic Profession Survey is probably one of the best sources of data that we have demonstrating the substantial shift of self-identity from teacher to researcher on an international basis. In England, the CAP data shows that 61% of academics now feel that their interests lie primarily or lean towards research. However, although modern-day academics like to define themselves as researchers as well as teachers, the reality is that fewer and fewer work in substantive continuing positions where research is their main role. Academics work in a much bigger and more highly stratified sector than in 1965. The academic profession very largely is a mirror image of this change of this stratification and it was well illustrated in a study done by Malcolm Tite a few years ago in which he showed that the proportion of staff with a PhD can be as high as 86% in some universities and as low as 12% in others. However although academics profess a greater commitment to research in reality the overwhelming majority work in access and teaching focused institutions. The expansion of higher education therefore, has not only brought about greater inequality between students, as we heard from Simon this morning, but also it has, has, has had much the same effect on academics. This increasing stratification of labour within the academic profession is not just seen across the sector, though. It is also starkly represented within institutions. There is a declining proportion of academics in secure, permanent positions, it's around 75% in Japan, but only about 50% in the UK and Australia, lower still in the US, and in Hong Kong, where I used to work until fairly recently, it's about a third. 
There's also a notably gendered dimension here as female academics find themselves more likely to occupy lower ranking and insecure or part-time positions. So although the academic profession is more diverse, it's not particularly more equal. It's female academics who have been at the forefront of being affected by the steady casualisation of the profession. In a strange way, though, it's, it's actually becoming less meaningful to even talk about an academic profession and more meaningful to talk about a disparate collection of para-professionals with differentiated roles. After all, only around a half of academics in the UK and Australia are on all-round contracts to teach, research and perform a service role. This fragmentation of academic practice itself is something I and other people have referred to as unbundling. And it means that academic roles are increasingly specialised, research professors, as if you need to say research professor, who do not teach, full-time permanent academic managers, educational developers, instructional designers, student counsellors and so on. Celia Whitchurch talks of the blended professional. Um, Elsa Kalasta talks of the, a sense of deprofessionalisation among academics. So this begs the question which I put on the slide, what does it mean to be an academic? If you only conduct one discrete role as a teacher, a researcher or perhaps a university manager, is it accurate to describe someone as an academic anymore? Do academics still have a common commitment to certain values or principles? Or does the greater diversity and role differentiation preclude this? The identity shift in academic life has also occurred because of performativity, as the demands of institutions globally to show value for money has led to rising levels of academic productivity and work intensification. The publication output of Hong Kong academics doubled between 1993 and 2007. In mainland China and South Africa, direct incentive schemes for publishing in ISI-listed journals is leading to remarkable rises in productivity. But these levels of productivity, particularly in contexts where basic academic pay is very low, such as in mainland China, bring worrying implications for academic integrity, as meeting output and income generation targets becomes the overriding goal of academic life. I believe that academic practice is under pressure from three main sources, performativity, which we've all heard a lot about, academic capitalism, operating at the individual level, as well as the institutional level, and also academic cronyism. Academic cronyism, by which I mean the building of relationships on the basis of gift and favour, undermining the claims of individual and intellectual merit, is less often talked about than the other two. And yet it remains a substantial threat to the integrity of the academic profession, especially in the context of our uh, performative world that we, we now live in. But this does not necessarily mean that the fundamental values long associated with academic identity have been jettisoned. A commitment to seeking the truth, disinterestedness, a desire to help students to fulfil their potential, and the centrality of academic freedom for students as well as for academics and their institutions. Much of the contemporary literature about academic practice reflects on the changing nature of academic life and identity job satisfaction, role overload, performativity, leadership and management roles. In 1965, 80% of professors were heads of department. They're no longer heads of department in such numbers. Therefore, this focus of this contemporary research is understandable. 
But this agenda of concerns means that we are in danger of losing sight of a bigger, and I would argue an ultimately much more important question. What does it mean to be an academic? Thank you.